love his word. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Just a few verses, verse 22 through verse 25. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. Of course, they're speaking about Jesus. And Jesus said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. You wouldn't think that would be a big chore just to go across a little lake there. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Even if it was a big lake, it's still you wouldn't think it would be such a big chore just to go from one side of the lake to the other. But the Bible says they launched forth and as they sailed, he fell asleep. How I many remember we were talking about that this morning? Jesus needed to rest. He was tired. And so he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. This must have been a bad storm for for well-trained fishermen to think that they're going to die. So it must have been bad. Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. <laughs> and he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, thank you for this service tonight, Lord. We've already been blessed. We could leave now and say it was good to have been in the house of the Lord. But Lord, you have a word for us from your word. Speak to us tonight. Open our hearts, give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say unto us tonight. Lord, increase our faith. Increase our measure of understanding tonight. We want to grow in grace and knowledge and wisdom tonight, Lord. God, I thank you for the anointing. Let your anointing rest upon us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, we're going over to the other side. Hallelujah. Jesus says to his disciples in our text, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. It kind of just fits right in with my brother's sister's song about almost home. Hallelujah. We're going over to the other side. Now, I love this phrase. I love Jesus. I love his word. But you have to understand it. The word is not just written for us to admire. It's for us to learn. And it's for us to appropriate for ourselves. So in this phrase, Jesus says, let us go over to the other side. In that phrase, Jesus has said to them and he has guaranteed them his divine presence. In that phrase is the promise of his presence. Remember, Moses says, if your presence does not go 
with me, then do not take me up and do not take us up from this place. Moses said, I would rather live in this miserable wilderness than go to a promised land if your presence is not there. I want His presence in everything I do, every place I go. I want His presence. Jesus says, let us. He says, let us. And in that statement, let us, He is saying, my presence will go with you. Jesus has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But I will go with you all the way, even to the end of the world. And the Bible says that they launched forth with Jesus in the boat. I like that word because that word speaks of eagerness. Eagerness. How many know sometimes we're really eager, especially when we get saved, we're eager. We're willing. We're zealous. We're enthusiastic. Anything you want me to do, God, I'll do it. Anywhere you want me to go, God, I'll go. Anything you want me to say, I'll say it. We're eager. We've got the zeal. We've got the enthusiasm. They started out with Jesus in the boat and with the Word of God. How many know Jesus is the Word? And their fellowship was sweet. And as they sailed, everybody say, as they sailed. Now, when we talk about as they sailed, we're talking about Life. Life. The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Can I tell you that in this Christian walk, we walk a lot more than we run. And we walk a lot more than we mount up with wings as eagles. There are times that we mount up with wings as eagles. But most of the time, the Christian life is a walk. Most of the time, it is a one foot in front of the other, everyday routine. And that's the problem a lot of times, because things become routine. And we, if we're not careful, we lose sight of His presence in the routine. Friend, you can have a routine. We need habits. God will be in your habits. You need a prayer time. You need time that you go to the Word of God. You need to have a routine that you establish when you meet with God and when you get in His Word and when you spend time in His presence, one foot in front of the other, the daily walk. So as they sailed... Speaks of life as usual, calm, peaceful, predictable, comfortable, just normal everyday life. And the Bible says he fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. The Word fell asleep. Now you know that Jesus, the living Word, He never sleeps. We know that. We just talked about that tonight. That God, He that keepeth Israel, He never slumbers and He never sleeps. We know that. But you understand tonight what I'm talking about, that we all face the danger of coming to a place where the Word is not as important to us as it should be. We all face the danger of treating the Word lightly, and if we're not careful, that living, vital Word can become dormant in our lives. Asleep. Notice when Jesus, when the Lord, when the Word is asleep, that's when the storm came. 
When the Word, when the Lord was asleep, that's when the storm came. Remember, according to the Scriptures, it was when the prodigal son had spent all that he had that famine came upon him. One of the first lessons that we learned from this text tonight is that storms are part of life. You're not going to get out of this life without going through a storm. And I might say even more than one storm. It's just part of life. On this journey we call life, we're going to go through some stuff. Uh, On this journey we call life, uh, we're going to suffer some loss. Uh, On this journey we call life, uh, we're going to have some fiery trials. Uh, On this journey we call life, uh, we're going to go through some things. uh, But thanks be unto God. Uh, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I've got His presence with me. And if I've got His presence, uh, it's going to be all right. Hallelujah. So one of the first lessons we learn, storms are a part of life. It's a part of life. We're not going to get through this life without facing storms. And let me tell you something. We learned something else also. Satan. Everybody say the devil. He's always watching for us to become slothful. He's watching you. Let me just tell you, He's watching you. He is always watching for you and I to become slothful and to become careless concerning the Word of God. Because the devil knows the only thing that can defeat him is the Word of God. He knows that Jesus defeated him with it is written. When the devil came to tempt Jesus... Jesus didn't tell the devil, watch out, I'm about to shout. (laughs) He didn't tell the devil, watch out, I'm about to speak in tongues. He said, it is written. What happened? He pulled out the sword of the Spirit and he rammed that sword into the heart of the devil. And the Bible said after three times, that devil got tired. He got fed up. He couldn't take it anymore. And the Bible said he leaveth him for a season. Oh, hallelujah. The devil is always watching you to see if you become careless and slothful concerning the Word of God. Because he knows the only thing that can defeat him is the Word of God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Where does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If you haven't got any Word, you've got no defense against hell. If you don't have any Word in you, you've got no power over the storm. Look at somebody tell me, you need the Word. You need the Word. See, it's, it's one thing to admire the Word of God. It's one thing to appreciate the Word of God. Even mentally assent to its truthfulness and its validity. But it's another thing entirely when the Word of God is the only thing that stands between you and destruction. That's a different thing entirely. It's one thing for me to look at the Word and say, Oh, yes, I believe that. I, I, I appreciate that. I admire that. But it's another thing when that Word is the only thing that stands between you and death. You and divorce. 
You and destruction. You and losing everything you have. <laughs> That'll change your attitude. Isaiah 53 and 1 said, Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Let me tell you who the arm of the Lord is revealed to. To the ones that believe His report. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that simple? In every situation in life, there are two reports. There's man's report and there's God's report. He cut up outside the doctor's report says, This is bad, this is a situation. We can't do anything for you. We don't we've gone as far as we can go. Medical science can't do any more for you. That's man's report. But God's report says you are healed. Jesus took the stripes upon his back. He was wounded for your transgressions, bruised for your iniquities, the chastisement of your peace was upon him, and with his stripes ye are are healed. That's God's report. Whose report are you going to believe? We have believed the report of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. You see, I've got to decide whose report I'm going to believe. I've got to decide who I'm going to agree with. Now, I know some people, bless their heart, they're trying to be people of faith. They go to the doctor and the doctor gives them their analysis as a doctor. Thank God for doctors. Yeah, amen. And it's not a good analysis. And so they go to the doctor and say, I refuse that. Well, why did you go to them? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't rebuke the doctor for doing what they do. Yeah. You thank them for doing what they do. But you say, thank you, doctor. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for doing what you do. I know that you're trying to help me, but I can't, I can't accept that report. <laughs> See, I'm not against the doctor, but I'm against a report that's contrary to the Word of God. I'm not contrary to the doctor, but I'm against any report, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a banker, I don't care who they are, if the report is contrary to the Word of God, I have to make a choice whose report am I going to believe? And I choose to believe the report of the Lord. If I didn't believe the report of the Lord, I'd be dead. You have to choose. <laughs> Say, I choose Jesus. I choose the Word. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and watch this, the Bible says the boat was filled with water and they were in jeopardy. Now notice these are his disciples, right? These are not just anybody that he jumped in the boat with. They're his disciples. They are believers then, right? If they're disciples, they're believers. They're his followers. They love Jesus. But they're in trouble. Can I tell you something, and I, and I love you, but let me just tell you this. Salvation does not promise you a trouble-free life. All right. Salvation doesn't mean that you never have to go through anything. Salvation doesn't mean that the devil won't ever attack your body. He won't ever attack your mind. He won't ever attack your finances. He won't ever attack your family and your children. No, my friends, salvation does not mean that. What salvation means is that God is for you. And if God is for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Salvation means that God is working with you and God is working for you. And greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. 
It doesn't mean that you'll never have any problems. Well, that would be wonderful. But if I stood up here and tried to tell you that, I'd be the biggest liar in town, the biggest liar in town, maybe the county, because it's not true. But I can tell you, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I can tell you without any fear of contradiction that the greater one lives on the inside of us. He's greater. He's greater than sickness. He's greater than problems and than financial problems. He's greater than every attack from hell. Do you know why the children, the three Hebrew children, could walk through that fire and not be burned? Because the fire that was greater than the fire on the outside, the fire that was on the inside, was greater than the fire on the outside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We have the greater one living on the inside of us. What does that mean? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Oh, hallelujah. If that's true, friend, if that's true, then nothing can sink us. <laughs> if that's true, nothing can sink us. If the greater one lives on the inside of us, nothing can sink us. If the greater one lives on the inside of us, then we are unsinkable. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you look at somebody and tell them, I'm unsinkable. Because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Do you understand what I'm saying to you tonight? That boat could not go down. It could not go down. They were afraid it looked like it was going to go down. It could not go down. Why? Because the greater one was in that boat. The word that created the universe was in that boat. It could not go down because he said we're going over to it could not go down. It could not go down. But Jesus wanted to teach his disciples a lesson. Ah, I'm going to get there. But it's sad that many times the word doesn't become important to us until it's a matter of life or death. I've seen so many times you see believers that it becomes slothful and indifferent. They don't praise like they used to praise. They don't worship like they used to. They don't stand on the word like they used to. They don't testify like they used to. Then tragedy strikes. The storm comes. And all of a sudden the word becomes important again. And now they scramble for their lives. To read every book they can find on healing. Listen to every healing CD. Find all the scriptures that promise healing. And they don't understand that it's not about you getting all the right information. It's about the faith that grows in your life through everyday fellowship and communion with His Word. See, this is what scares me when I see people like that. When I see people that haven't had time for the Word and they've neglected the Word. And then the trial comes, and the fire comes, yeah. and the sickness hits their body, a disease hits their body, and now all of a sudden they've bought every book they can find on divine healing. Uh, yeah. They've gone every place to listen to everything, and gone got every CD they can find, look up every scripture on divine healing. But you see what happens is they didn't have a relationship. Right. Yes, 
You can get all the right information, but you're trying to build, you're trying to get your deliverance on the basis of information and not relationship. And so many times, they fall or they die because they waited till the storm to try to get faith. See, you don't build faith on the basis of a cramming, like you cram for a test. You, can't, you don't build faith that way. Faith is built on an everyday relationship, communion in the Word. Of walking with God every day. God speaking His Word to you. You reading His Word. God doing things according to His Word. You standing on His Word in the little things. And the little things add up to bigger things. There are things today, I, they're not even all, they don't even cross my mind as a concern that 10 years ago, 15 years ago were matters of great concern to me. They don't even cross my mind anymore because I've already lived through it. I've walked through it. My faith has grown past it. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't even think about it anymore. It's not even the issue with me anymore. The devil can't even bother me with it anymore because I've already walked through it and my faith has grown past it. But you see, people, they run and try to cram and try, try to get faith in you. You don't get faith on the basis of information. You get faith on the basis of relationship. So, storms come to everyone. No one is exempt from the storms. The only question is, how will you face them? Everything depends on your attitude toward the Word of God. Jesus says, the ones that hear my word and keep them and do them, they're my mother, they're my sisters, they're my brothers. That's the family of God. Those that hear his word, keep his word, and do his word. We need to know that the word works. If I say the word works, say again, say the word works. Say it really does. Say the word works. Now say, but neighbor, you have to work the word. <laughs> Hallelujah. The word works, but you have to work the word. You have to work the word. The dis- watch this. The disciples had seen Jesus, the word. He is the word. They had seen him heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. They had seen the word, the living word, the incarnate word, Jesus himself. They had seen him do that. But on this day, Jesus wanted them to learn how to do the word for themselves. He wanted them to know how to work the word. Everybody say, work the Word. word. Now, what does it mean to work the Word? It means that we are living beyond the dictates of circumstances. To do the Word is to act like God told the truth, even when it looks like He didn't. Doing the Word means I live by the Word, I eat the Word, I drink the Word, I quote the Word, I meditate the Word, I live in the Word. Doing the Word does not ignore the circumstances. It just looks beyond the circumstances to something greater, and that greater is the Word. Let us go over to the other side. If they had been doing the Word, watch this now, if they had been doing the Word when the storm came, they would have just lifted their hands lifted their voices and said, praise God, we're going over to the other side. Come hell or high water, we're going over. Jesus said,
we're going over and it's settled so the storm can either get out of the way or we'll just go right on through it because we already got the word and the word says we're going to the other side. Woo! Hallelujah! Let me tell you, friend, if you got the word, that's all that matters. If I got the word, I could sleep like a baby in a den of lions. That's all Peter needed to walk on water was a word. One word. Not a book, not a chapter, not a sentence, just one word. If it's you, Lord, bid me come to you on the water. Come. He walked in the supernatural on one word. Whoa, that's powerful. Jesus said, we're going over. Now, I do have to say, I compliment the disciples on this. They woke up Jesus. <laughs> Good move. They woke up the Word. For you and I, what does that mean today? You don't ever have to wake up Jesus. He's not asleep. But what does it mean for you and I today if this is pertinent to us and relevant to us? It means that we have to stir up the Word again. We have to go back to the Word. We've got to read the Word. We've got to confess the Word. We've got to praise God according to the Word. We've got to quote the Word. We've got to meditate on the Word. We've got to get back to the Word. You've got to stir that Word up on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You see, it's the Word that's alive inside of you that is helped to your flesh. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my face. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life. Those are water life. The words that are in the midst of your heart. The words that are in front of your eyes. He said, they are life unto those that find them, and they are health to all their flesh. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein both day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You've got to stir up the Word. Look at your neighbor and tell him, stir it up. Stir up the Word. So they woke up the Word. They went back to the Word. And the Word arose. Oh, there's power in the Word. Amen. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that His words will be fitted in your lips. If you put His words in your heart, in the time of need, they'll come out your mouth. If you have His word living, if His word is stirring in you, it's alive, it's vital, it's moving on the inside of you then when you hit a situation, it'll be fitted for your lips. The right word. The Bible says, He has opened my ear to hear the learned, that I may know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. That's the right word at the right time. He says that word is abiding in me and I'm abiding in him. Then that word is fitted into my lips at the right time. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let he, he arose. Who arose? The Word. The Word arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased, and there was a great calm. I tell you something, if you don't have the Word, you've got nothing. 
I don't care if you jump and dance and run and talk in tongues and shout and holler and you roll around and you and your tongue can do figure eights. I don't care. You don't have nothing without the word. I am Pentecostal. I believe in running, jumping, shouting, hooping and hollering, speaking in tongues. I do all of that. But you've got to have the word. You can't build your life on a shout. You can't build your life on even gifts of the Spirit. You can't build your life on the anointing. You've got to have the Word of God. The Bible says His Word is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. It's the Word that builds you up. It's the Word that matures you. It's the Word that strengthens you. It's the Word that builds character in you. It's the Word that builds faith in you. It's the Word the devil's afraid of. Karabasanda. Because the Word is Jesus. You know, you don't have any more of Jesus in you than you have of His Word in you. We're quiet right there. Let me ask you something. The Bible says Jesus approached a man. He was demon-possessed. And the Bible says that the demons began to cry out of the man when they saw Jesus. How much Jesus can they see in you? Because let me tell you something. If you get full of the Word and full of the Spirit, demons will see Jesus in you. <laughs> yep. You can be walking down the road, and all of a sudden, somebody start crying out, ah! You say, what in the world? They just saw Jesus. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Paul said, my, he said, my little children, in whom I travail again in birth, until Christ be formed. Not just till you get knowledge about Jesus. Till he's formed in you. If Jesus is formed in me, then the devil can see Jesus in me. The devil can see Jesus in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. So, if you don't have the word, you're open target. And you're open season for the devil. You got nothing without the Word. Where is your faith? Jesus asked them. Where's your faith? What was Jesus saying? He said, I told you we we're going over to the other side. That's what he's asking, right? Where's your faith? He said, Didn't I tell you we were going to the other side? Do you remember? I said, Let us go over to the other side. Do you remember that? Where's your faith? Uh. Watch this. What Jesus is saying is this. I told you we're going to the other side. You had, this right here is worth it all right here. You had everything you needed to deal with anything that got in your way. You had my word. If you had really believed my word, you would have rebuked the storm yourself and you wouldn't have had to wake me up. Ha! <laughs>
I would have thought that part right there, I would have thought everybody would be shouting, running, jumping. That would have been the part right there above all of the message. That would have been the part right there. If I believed his word, I would have done it myself. If I believed his word, I would have spoken it myself. I would have rebuked the storm myself. But you know why nobody shouted? Because most people don't really believe you got that much authority. Jesus could do that. Somebody said, well, I've never done it. Well, you've never, never been in a situation where you had to do it. I was watching a, a clip on YouTube the other day in the Philippines, and there was a tornado coming right at this Philippine congregation, coming right at them. And they stood right out there, looked at that tornado, and said, in the name of Jesus, we command you to go. Yeah. Be destroyed. Be dissipated. And it would just went, My dad told me about my grandpa that when he was when he was a young boy, he said a tornado was coming at their house. He said my grandpa went out there in the front yard and said, "In the name of Jesus, you go get out of here." And this thing went whew, went away. Glory to God. See, this is what Jesus was trying to get through to his disciples. He, this this is what he was trying to teach them all along the way. If you had the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you would stay to the mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall be done. Amen. Yeah. He said, if you had the faith and, and doubt not, he said, you would speak to the you speak to the sycamine tree. Be plucked up by the roots and cast into the sea and have to go. That's what he was teaching them. He's, what he's trying to get them to understand right then, he said, I gave you everything you needed to get through anything that you have to get through to get to the other side. What did he give them? His word. His word. Now, let me ask you. How could Jesus sleep so soundly in the same storm that the disciples were freaking out? Is it in the fair weather? 
Is it in the boat? Oh, you had confidence in the boat. It's a good old boat. Took us across many lakes many other times. Where is your faith? Is it in your own ability? See, as long as they felt like they were able to make it. They'd been through storms before. They felt like they could make it. They could overcome it. They could fight their way through it. Is your faith in your own abilities? Is it in other people? People that believe the word. Let me say this. People that believe the word are peculiar to the world. <laughs> you're, a weird, you're a weird lot. Yeah, you are. I'm telling you. People who really believe the word are peculiar to the world because we will speak contrary to what circumstances say. We will speak contrary to what the economy says. We will speak contrary to what the world is saying. We are contrary. We are a peculiar people. While the world is crying out about going under, word people are praising God about going over. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our destination is determined, but we must be determined to reach our destination. Let us go over to the other side. How many believe the Word of God tonight? How many believe that God's Word is true? How many believe that you have the same right and the same authority and the same power to speak the Word of God that Jesus did? That's the revelation he's trying to get to us. He's trying to get it to us. Peter, John, disciples, why didn't you get up? Why didn't you rebuke this storm? Why didn't you tell it to settle down? I gave you my word. You've got my anointing. You've got my authority. I gave you power. Why didn't you use it? That's what he was saying. That's what he was saying. And that's the message today. Today, that's the message today. The Holy Spirit is wanting to bring to us. I gave you my word. I gave you my power. But you got to work it. You got to work it. It don't work if you don't work it. It don't work if you don't work it. Jesus said, "Go in my name. In my name, cast out devils." Now, let me just stay with this for just a moment. I'm I'm done. I'm out of my notes now. So if I go 20 minutes out of my notes, you can't hold it against me because I've already exhausted my notes, right? Okay. But Jesus told his disciples, "Go, cleanse the lepers, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils." Am I in the Bible? Am I in the book? Is that what he said? Word, word to word. That's what he told them. He said, "Go, cast out devils, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead." He told them that. Now what we do in the church is we say, if that was the disciples, and we say, we can't, we can't heal the sick. Only God can heal the sick. Listen, that's the truth. Only God ever could heal the sick. But the sick don't get healed if the believers don't go. The sick don't get healed if the believers don't lay hands on them. That's what Jesus meant when he said, heal the sick. No, they're not the healers. They're just instruments. In the same way, brother, that you're an instrument. In the same way that I'm an instrument. In the same way. The Bible says, talking in the book of Revelation, and even in the book of Ezekiel, he says, the leaves, shall, the leaves of the tree 
shall be for the healing of the nations. These are the leaves of the tree. The Bible says we are trees of righteousness. Oh, we are the planting of the Lord. And these are the leaves that are for the healing of the nation. You know, somebody somebody got a hold of it one time and they wrote that song and they said, they said, God's got an army marching through the land. Deliverance is their song. There's healing in their hands. Everlasting joy and gladness in their heart. And in this army, I've got a part. Whoa, hallelujah. What are you trying to do in this church? I am trying to help every one of us understand what has been purchased for us. What he has what he has made available to us so we can appropriate it, so we can walk in it, so we can demonstrate it, so we can manifest it, so the kingdom of God will come and his will will be done and God will be glorified. The Bible says when Jesus raised up that lame man, they brought him down through the roof. Jesus raised him up, said, take up your bed, go your way. The Bible says, and they all glorified God. See, when, when, when miracles happen, when lives are changed, when, when deliverance takes place, when the power of God is manifested, it's for the glory of God. Amen. It's for the glory of God. Come on, would you stand with me tonight? How many want God to use you like that? How many believe tonight that you could just step to the bow of that boat and like Jesus did and do the same thing Jesus did? Come on, lift your hands all over this house and begin to say thank you. Begin to thank him. Oh, my God, what an anointing he's given to us. What an authority he's given to us. What a privilege he's given to us. He's given us the right to act in his name. He's given us the right to act on his part. He has made us ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Lord, we thank you tonight. Let your anointing, Lord, flow through each vessel. Every one of us, Lord, instruments of your power, Lord. Use us for your glory, God. Let us walk in the power of the Word of God. Let us walk in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Oh, we understand it, God. We understand it. We understand it. Oh, 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Shall I under the Oak Kilabaria Shalom, la 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 la, matikete la baba. Oh, Ricky, la 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 la. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Ricky.
Let it soak in. Just let it soak in. Let the Holy Spirit take His Word and apply it to your heart tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Incline your ear unto me and live. Open thine ear unto my word and live, saith the Lord. For I have sent forth my word. I have sent forth my spirit. I have sent forth my power, saith the Lord. And my power is resident in my word. So incline your ear unto my word and live, saith God. And you shall see that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. You shall see that the word in your mouth is as powerful as it was in my mouth, saith the Lord. You shall see that I will watch over my word to perform it as you speak it, even as I watched over my word to perform it as it was spoken by the prophets of old. For I have not changed, and my word has not changed, saith the Lord. And my word will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So incline thine ear unto my word and live, and open your mouth and declare my word, and see my glory, and see my power manifested in your behalf, saith the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, there's power. Power, power in the Word. Creative power. Not only is there creative power, there is destructive power. Jesus spoke to that fig tree. He cursed it. He said, Let no man eat fruit of you henceforth forever. The next day, it walked by. The thing was dried up from the roots. How did they know it's dried up from the roots? I'm wondering, did the thing just jump out of the ground? The roots showing? I've heard individuals, I've heard Benny Hinn talk about it. I've heard people talk about Jack Cole and different individuals praying for people with cancers. And the cancers came out by the root and fell on the ground. Then he hand said one meeting he was at, he said this woman had a big tumor on her belly. Said the Holy Ghost just went and the thing just fell off on the floor. Come out by the roots. Jesus. We serve that mighty God. We serve a mighty God. He'll be as big for us as we can believe him for. He'll do as much as we can believe him for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone need prayer tonight? Over leaves.
Before we leave this house, we need prayer. I don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to receive prayer, ministry. So we serve an awesome God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Okay. Can somebody, can everyone find someone, take them by the hand. And I want you to think about this. I, w- I really want you to think about this. I really want you to think about the power that's in that individual that can flow through those hands. The Bible does not say that the pastors of the churches shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible does not say that the apostles and prophets and evangelists are the only ones that God has anointed to lay hands on the sick. No, no sir, he didn't say it. He said the signs will follow them to believe. So I want you to take those hands tonight in the name of Jesus. Pray for that one you're holding hand with. That God will use them in a mighty way. That God will make them a channel of blessing. A channel of healing. That their hands would be instruments of healing. That their hands would be instruments of blessing. That the power of God will flow through their hands. That the power of God will flow out of their bellies. Into their hands. Into the bodies of the sick. Into the bodies of the afflicted. Into the bodies of the oppressed and the bound. We have your word. We have your authority. We have your anointing. We have your power. Lord, we can speak your word with power. We can speak your word with authority. We can command the mountains to be removed. We can command the sycamine trees to be plucked up by the roots and cast into the sea. Lord, let your healing power flow through your instruments of power. Use us for your glory. Make us instruments of blessing. Use us, Lord. Use us for your glory. Let the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost We're going over to the other side. Lord, whatever gets in our way has to get out of the way. Whatever gets in our way, we're running over. But we're going to the other side. There's nothing going to stop us. We have your word on it, Lord. We got your word on it, Lord. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
The grass withers, the flower faded, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Endures forever. We thank you tonight, God, for the word. Hallelujah. 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 The word works. But you got to work it. The word works. But you have to work it. How many are going to work the word? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Sister Sharon, are you going to be ready Wednesday night? 
Sister Sharon is going to be ministering Wednesday night. I want you to be praying for her. She's, she's ready. We got ministers in this church. And we're excited about what God is doing. He's raising up ministries. We're excited about it. They've got the word in them. Hallelujah. God is going to use that you're sharing. He's going to use many in the church to be a blessing. Hallelujah. To bring healing and deliverance and miracles. I believe it. You believe it? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, thank you for this service tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that has been in this house in a very special way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the words, the prophetic words, the tongues, interpretation that have come forth tonight, Lord. Thank you for the encouragement that we've received from you, Lord. God, let us leave this place with this word in our hearts uh, and believing it, Lord, walking in the fullness and the light of this word. Use us for your glory, Lord, to make a difference, to make an impact in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You're dismissed tonight. Hallelujah.